joined by David Ferguson of the brand new, well, I'm sure it probably doesn't seem brand new to him, um, Loch Lee Distillery. The one question I want to ask, what came first, the, the idea of, of having a distillery or the location? Because the location is vitally important to you guys. Yeah, I think Neil, who's the owner of Loch Lee, would, he would say, I mean, he actually lived on the farm for a number of years before there was any talk of a distillery. Mm -hmm. um, so, so the location definitely came came first. Um, I actually, going back a wee bit further, Marty, it was a, it, it wasn't even a grain farm at that time. So it was it was cattle that Neil had on on the farm. So when they changed, when they switched over to growing barley, it was pro it was at that point, um, sort of, well, what are we now? But sort of twenty fourteen, where mm -hmm. I think that was where the idea um, came from. Where you know, ra rather than grow barley and sell it on, actually, let's just build a distillery right here and and do the whole thing. Yeah. And um, so, so the yeah, the location came first, but. Um, it just so happens that it is, it is the perfect area to, to build a distillery because you can grow all your own stuff. Now, why? Uh, I'm sure people probably know this, or a lot of people will be aware of it, but why is Loch Lee really important? Well, it's important to, if you like, the identity of Scotland. Yeah, yeah uh, so the, the Burns angle, are you going yeah. here? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, apologies for taking ages to pick up. Uh, <laughs> No, no, you're right. So, but Robert Burns lived and worked on the farm. Um, on the actual farm. The actual yeah, farm. Absolutely. So, tended the the exact fields that we now grow our barley on. Um, so that was when he was eighteen till about twenty five. So, and he started writing some of his mm -hmm. his most famous work, which is which is you know a really nice story. There's a lot of history behind the the site, um, but yeah, and I actually. For us, it's it's not something we tend to sort of push straight away because that that's a that's a cool story. But you know, we we um, we very much want to be known for the whiskey that we're producing. And then if people, I mean, I'm I'm from Ayrshire, I'm from this area, so I'd be more than happy to talk to someone about Burns for for a long time. But it's almost like a byproduct of of what um, what we want Lockley to become as a brand. Yeah. So if, and we have we've had people to site where. We we show them around, do you know, from field to, to cask, everything happens on site. And then it's almost at the end where they go, oh, and, and you know, I heard that Burns lived here and we have a wee chat about that, but it's it kind of it's probably the last of the messages that we tend to give out. Not not because we're you know ashamed of it in any way. It's it's a, a very cool thing to say that we have that legitimacy, but it's not, you know, we're not gonna have um it plastered all over our brand. Yeah, you know, don't overdo it. But I mean, the fact that it's actually on the same fields that, that Robbie Burns, uh, the, 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 you know, the genius of the play, as it was referred to at times, you know, it, it, it's a nice connection. It really is. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Now, yourself, your back, where, what's your background? Because that's quite interesting in its own right. Uh, yeah, so I, I was at, um, before I joined Lothi, was with Beam Centauri, so I actually spent a fair bit of time in uh, in Ireland um, with the the guys over at Cooley. Mm -hmm. um, so part part of my role there was uh, was 
managing the the bulk Irish liquid that was going around the industry. So I, got, I actually got to meet quite a lot of uh, probably about twenty or so different Irish distilleries when, when I was um, I was over there, which I thought, again very different setup to over here, but just mm. fascinating how quickly that's just sparked and it's 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 booming. So um, so yeah, that that was part of my role. The other part was sort of global cask sales and, and dealing with all all uh, all manner of people from the scotch industry and, and various other distilleries in the states and over in asia so it was quite a wide thing and then actually that that's how i that's kind of how i got introduced to lock lee because they, they were a they were a customer of mine they were buying casks from makers park <laughs> uh, which is my role as well there so I, I got introduced to the guys um and, and yeah, the, the, I mean, the opportunity to start a, a brand, to build a brand from scratch, to build a team from scratch and, and yeah. do the whole thing is, was just, yeah, too good to pass up. So yeah, my, my, my back before Bean was independent bottling, so that was Douglas Lane. They were um, worked there for a wee while, very much on the customer facing side of things, doing all the um, all the events under the sun and tastings and all that. Yeah. And they got this sort of behind the scenes role at Bean for, for a good, good couple of years. and now at Lockley do sort of pulling it all together so it's been yeah we've, we've done I mean I've, I've been with the company just over a year and the amount of because of the size we are we can move very quickly on things so we've, we've done a lot in, a, in the space of a year and and trying to tell people that didn't know about us that was the main thing well I think going from from Beam Suntory Look, luckily, it's not a tiny distillery, but I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not big, but it's not small either. I mean, it's, it's what size is it? What produce, production size is it? So, two, 200,000 litres is current capacity. Um, but that, that is, that's on, you know, one shift a day. We've got a two ton mash sitting there, so we could grow quite quickly if we wanted to, yeah. not, without having to um, invest capital wise in a huge amount of equipment. Yeah, no, but but I mean, going from being Suntory, being two hundred thousand liters, that that would be a daily sort of production for for, for them guys. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. It's, it's a bit, yeah, a bit different scale. Um, yeah. Some of the some of the there's obviously a link here with with John, our production director John Campbell was was Lafroig. Um, so I, I knew John from when we we both worked at Bean. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he's the same. He's come from a twenty-four-seven, a uh, you know, big, yeah. big old production over there in Isla to to something a bit smaller. But right now, it's it's that that's kind of our we we've just got our first product into market. But over the next few years, we've got a plan to really push and grow that brand. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't write it off becoming a wee bit bigger. Yeah. Now you touched on John Campbell there. Whenever you say you're setting up a team. To pull someone who's I mean he was 20 years I think he was at Lafroig. Yeah, 26, I think. Yeah. You know, to, to tempt him away from from that island, you know, a, a big massive worldwide brand, to come to a, a little small upstart, if you like. Um that might is it would it be a culture shock to you to come back to civilization? I say Ayrshire, Ayrshire civilization compared to Isla. But, um, <laughs> you know, that, that's a challenge for him in and of itself too, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I, first, I should say I'm not taking credit for, for, <laughs> for poaching John in any way. He, he, he very much made his own decision on that. But, um, yeah, to, to be honest, a lot of things kind of worked out 
well for us, Marty. We had at that time Malcolm, who who set up the the distillery in the first place, was moving to Rosebank, and we we were basically looking for someone to come in and do a slightly different. So it's actually a, a wider role that John's got. It's, it's overseeing everything, not only in production but um, you know long term inventory uh, blending. There's a there's a lot to, to his role. Um, he's got obviously family over in the mainland, and there, there are various things that just it just worked really well. He he came with Neil and I, and then um, spent some time with with the family just to kind of get to know everyone. And I think a lot of the values he has as a person matched with ours. You know, being very open and honest about everything we do and everything being sustainable. Um, yeah, we, we're, we're a working farm, so we're we're sustainable just by the nature of what we do. But um, I just there's a lot of things that kind of coalesce to make that. Now, that work. So yeah, John's John's been with us since um, November last year. So he's he's got a already. He's got just a ton of ideas, which is yeah, my perspective on the commercial side is great. <laughs> now you touched on uh, your honesty. You have a motto. What's the motto of the firm? Yeah. So the, the yeah the, the logo we've got. We I just when I've said we don't talk about burns. It's, it's in there. No. <laughs> uh, we've, we've got a. There was a. I mean, we've got as as all you know companies will have their their brand values and all the rest of it. And um, there's a couple of things that we want to be quite quite open about. Um, first of all, exactly what we do on the site. So we don't we're not going to hide behind any marketing because there's not there's nothing to hide behind. We're just we're very yeah. um, traceable to. I mean, the barley's traceable to a field less than 100 yards from the distillery. So mm-hmm. the, uh, that, that was a big part of the way we wanted to grow things. And then this uh, this Burns line, of, it was so d- dare to be honest and fear no labour is something that Burns had written in a in a letter. Um, bizarrely enough, when he would, became a tax man, but we'll, we'll skim past that. <laughs> yeah. so, but, so he, he, I think just it just kind of captured what we were as a team. We want, we're all hardworking people. I know, I know everyone's hard. You know, I don't want to come across as being it. We, we work harder than everyone else, but we are a tight group we all do a lot of different jobs yeah um and and we yeah so the the fear no labor part fitted in well with that and then the honesty be just being being really transparent about what we do at Lochley so whether it's um we never add we're never gonna add coloring we're never gonna chill filter all, all these things that mm-hmm. um, we just want to be as as as, straight, as, transparent straight, as, as straight as you can be right exactly yeah, yeah absolutely right you touched on it there that the, the barley comes from from the actual farm. Um, a couple of questions: What variety of barley um, do you use? Um, is, is, are there, okay, is so it's uh, currently it's all laurier. Um, do you do your own maltings? Because I know that's that's it's quite a hard thing to do. Uh, so no, no, that's a good point. We. We don't right now. That's that's the only thing that happens away from the site. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, yeah, we're 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 looking at that. We are we have some space, and John has um, has a wee trial that will be happening in springtime to see to see what a malt flow would look like. But we we're yeah we, we I, I don't want to kind of commit to that yet. Um, no. But it's, but it's in your purview. It's, it's something that you're looking at. It is absolutely. I mean, it's for me. If we if we take people around and you, I, just, I love the fact that especially some some of the our importers, the partners in different countries, when they come they come to the site and they see 
they can walk through a barley field and then straight into the still house and then yeah. straight over every cask matured on site and they, they love that whole story um, the one missing link right now is what you just mentioned is that is that malt flow and th there's no space wise and, and um, John's got a lot of experience doing this at Freud so he's he's quite confident we'll be able to set something up um, but it, it, it's just it's a commercially it doesn't make, going to a bank manager and saying that this is what you're going to do doesn't make an awful lot of sense when they, when they look at it and they say oh you can drive it a few miles down the road get it done and bring it back they're not interested <laughs> yeah no no it's a good yeah absolutely we, we um we've got a few reasons for for trialing it uh, and, yeah. and, and you're, you're right it's not as with everything in the site it's not done for you know to save costs it's, it's actually if, it, if we think our spirit quality will improve with a bit more body and more of those oils that you do get from from a mm -hmm. traditional floor malting then we'll, we'll do it and um, of course we're lucky enough that if, because we're 100 family owned there's no we're not having to have that conversation with the with the bank manager you met it's, it's more you enjoy having to have the conversation with our <laughs> finance director. yeah but um you touched on it there about the, the sustainability aspect. Um, how, how important is sustainability to to the company? I think huge. I mean, not not just for um, not not just for the company, but even as as people. You know, everyone that's in mm -hmm. the team, it's it's a big a big part of it. We we want to be, and there's no reason why we can't be very sustainable because we're not um, the only thing right now that. That goes off site and comes back is that is that malt you know the malted barley so even down to you know the end of, tail end of last year we set up um three big reed beds down the down the hill from behind the distillery so now even the the one waste product which is your your you know your um spent leaves which is difficult to get rid of is now naturally filtered out the back of the place and down into a local burn and super happy with with everything so we the, the draft is has a secondary use. The, yeah. Obviously, anything. There's no, you know, the the, the barley is. Um, we actually have a massive grain shed on site, so that it's actually kept on. So we don't even we don't send it off elsewhere to be to mm -hmm. be kept. So there's not that that road end that we've got. Um, there's not a lot of trucks coming up and down it or anything. Yeah. In terms of carbon footprint, we're very we are very low. But there's always things that we can. Yeah. That we can do to improve. So, again, John's looking at a few interesting projects. And um, there's there's a lot of heat in a distillery, as, as you'll be, you know, every time you walk through a stillhouse, it's yeah. Um, you need to peel off the layers. So that there's there's ways we can maybe use that in different parts of the site. Um, so I think we're 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 already pretty sustainable, but we'll mm -hmm. we'll just keep trying to be um, as green as we can. It's, to be honest, Mark, it's not really something we have shouted a lot about and um, because it's just kind of by the nature of a farm distillery you're yeah. going to be quite sustainable in the way yeah. you do things yeah it's uh it's interesting because there the, it's such a natural sort of process you know it's it's kind of a mix of industrial and perfectly natural so that the, the fact that it's all green the glass not only helps the the product it helps everybody really it helps the, the the industry um yeah, yeah. now one thing that I've been, I was doing a lot of research on on you that sort of pricked my, my attention was the fact that you you use two types of yeast in in yep. this in the fermentation, which 
normally everybody uses you know saccharomyces cerevisiae the the distillers yeast but what what two types of yeast or why how did that come about so that's uh yeah it's a a recipe that we've been using up until now which so that what one one yeast type gives us um definitely gives flavor and a lot is is very commonly used in, in in the industry good for yield um, so we, we do use some of that uh, which is your your anchor your you you know the one, yeah. one, the one that most people will know of <clears throat> the other one that we use though um is is double the price but, but it's worth it it's it's a it's a belgian fermentus yeast so it's, it's really just gives a massive burst of fruit um, into the, the the wash so that that's we do use that right now it's another thing that um, John's actually doing a few wee experiments on is is not only those two but a couple of other potential yeah, strains just to see the difference. So just yeah. give us a. Um, I mean, even last week the guys were were pitching some um, some some different types of, of yeast in for a yeah. couple of days to just to see what you know what what happens here if if we change one thing in the process. And the, even even the smell going in, you know, walking through the stillhouse is just totally different. It's amazing. It always amazes me how subtle tweaks like that can just change the whole character of things. So we, right now it's the, yeah, that fermentus does a lot for um, that signature lochley fruit. And uh, but our, our new make is just bursting with with fruit. That's that's kind of where, where it comes from. And um, it's not to say that in the future we might, we might tweak things just to, uh, for certain expressions or mm -hmm. uh, compare against what we're currently doing. Now, the, 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 uh, the, you're talking about the, the, it being quite fruity, very orchard flavours. Uh, is that, a, 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 you're referring to narrow cut points, would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah, so high and narrow cut points just now and um, relatively long ferments as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the, the kind of spirit character that we're going for is it, it kind of reflects locally you know so we we, we did a lot of um very wet <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah uh, fruit, fruit grows well here yeah we, we have so there's definitely that 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 fruity i mean um, pears apples and everything you just mentioned they're really yeah. juicy fruit but there's also a, a cereal character that comes through from and just from the, the from the mash tun, actually from the that, that, the way that we break the wort and everything else. So just, that's another thing that John's looking at, and Darren and the guys in the team uh, to to work out small changes there. Also have an impact at the, the end mm -hmm. product. So we're, we're kind of constantly assessing right now because we're still at such a, a young stage. But yeah, that that um, that fruit is the fruit and this undertone of cereal is kind of characteristic of Lochley. So it's not. Whereas with with some more traditional lowland malts, you might think very light and grassy, and maybe maybe not not a huge amount of body to them. Yeah, we, we're we're going the opposite way. We we don't um, we're not we're not trying to conform to a lowland style. If that makes sense, yeah. we're just doing our own thing. Like I imagine John walking through, going, "Where's the peat? This <laughs> place, there's something wrong here, doesn't?" <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, a big, a big change for him. I mean, going from, yeah, going from a, a beast like Lefroy to, yeah. to, to an unpeated style. In saying that, Marty, we do have 
exlafroid casks in the in the warehouse during mm -hmm. um, away. So we we will part of the the seasonal batch releases that we're that we're talking about right now. One of them, the winter one, will have a um, will have some of John's old casks that he oh. used ten years ago, which is quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, smell of smell of smell of Isla. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you've had your first release. Uh, that went out on the 21st of January, Burns Night. Uh, it wasn't supposed to go out on the on the 20th. So it's not supposed to be a bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. So, yeah, we we had we had everything set for um, tail end of last year just to bring out. Um, and actually, it was a. No, I might have one here, Mark. Sorry, it's, I mean, it's not going to help on a podcast, but I'll show you the, the bottle. Um, this is this bottle was it's, it's bespoke glass, so we, it took a wee while to. I mean, you can see the embossing of it. It took yeah. a wee while to get get that set, but then once we once we had it, um, there was a slight delay with our with our glass supplier, which meant we either tried to rush the whole thing right before Christmas and, and get it around to every market. Or we just say, right, we'll hold off and wait till January. And actually the feedback we got from a lot of our customers was with the first release from a new distillery, January is maybe a better mm -hmm. time to, to get people's attention and to you know, tell the story. So mm -hmm. listen to their feedback and um, thought, right, we'll hold off until January. And then actually the Burns uh, coincidence was just a really nice time. It was. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to see that was that was all planned. But, um, <laughs> no, no, it was, it was it was all planned. It was all planned. Yeah. Day one, it was all planned. This bit. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, two hundred was two hundred forty-five years since Burns moved to the site, which is quite a, again just a, yeah. a happy coincidence. Just like that. now, it was very well received. Now, you know, inaugural first release balls, or they're a bit of a it's a hard thing to gauge because people want to collect it, you know, because they think a lot of people have it so that they can keep it. And, and I can't blame them really because, you know, the way whiskey's going, it's, it's, it's an asset. Uh, but it sold out like that, it was gone. Um, yeah. You must be really happy that it was so well received. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was, um, I, I know, I mean, the size of the team we are, I know how much work went in from everyone to, to get it to that point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely a nice feeling when yeah. when it goes so quick. I, I think you're you're right though. For I, I feel feel the same about first release. This is a we almost you know bring that out and then that's that's it uh, yeah. done and move on to, to building the brand because the an inaugural release from anywhere is, is always just has yeah. a slightly different um, a different release. I was lucky I enough. Been... I was lucky enough to get one. There was only, okay. there, I think there was 7,000 released, 7,000 bottles, was it? Just over in total, yeah, globally, yeah. Yeah, um, and I, I have one, but it's at home. My, my dad picked it up for me, so my dad has it for me. Yeah, uh, it, 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 I've seen, I've watched a couple of reviews, because obviously I haven't tasted it myself, but I wanted to see how it was written. Loads of people saying it's packed with flavour, you know, a, a very young whiskey, but really, really drank the ball and packed with flavour. Uh, now, it's finished. Just want to check. It's finished in... It says ex-bourbon. Is it Maker's Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it could be. Uh, Maker's... Could, could possibly say. <laughs> no, that... Yeah, it's... it's so we, we, we source from Maker's Direct for our bourbon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah that, that was... It. This one, we wanted to keep it 
separate from what our, our core product is going to be. So we moved the moved moved the liquid over into fresh PX casks again from one salt supplier in Hareth and to give it uh, give it a different dimension. And actually after only about 12 weeks we we whipped it back out of them into the bourbons again because we we didn't want the, we, we didn't want the PX to overpower the Loch Lee character with such a young uh, spirit. So yeah we, we it's I mean oh, overwhelmed by the response but and, and the main thing for us and for the owners well is just seeing open bottles they just it's brilliant you know some of those reviews yep. you mentioned where guys have um, people have opened and tried it or, or some of the on-trade venues we supply where they've opened it and yeah people are writing their own wee uh, tasting notes that's that's the that is the um, that's why we make it we, we make it for people to, to open it to people to try and try now um your inaugural release has been done. Uh, when can we expect the second release, or is it going to be a core range, or is it going to be in batches, or how are you going to go forward? So the the next one from us will be twenty first of March. That's the um, that's the next bottling that we'll bring out. Basically, basically, Marty, this year we have one core ongoing expression, which is launching in June. So that's the one that will be available, hopefully, on, on shelves and, and people can buy ongoing. The other side of things, we've, we're going to do a seasonal limited release. So you've got, yeah, just over a year, there'll be your core product in June, wow. and there'll be four seasonal batches. And, and really, the, the thinking behind that is you've, we want to have a core product because that's what you can build some volume and really you know, grow the brand from. Mm-hmm. But we also want to showcase the spirit in a few different ways because we are still so young. Yeah. And so the, the first one I mentioned in March is the, the sewing edition, which is basically sp- you know, spring. That's the spring batch. Okay. So with each one, we want to tie in to the farm, what's happening on the farm. So in spring, we're sowing the seed for this year's barley. It's all bursting into life. So it's a nice fresh character that we've gone for with the spirit likewise when we come to autumn and the fields are all fallow and we're probably going to go down a much darker heavy sherried route um, so by this time if we're having this chat this time next year you you could be sitting with our, our core product plus four very different limited batch releases um, all those experiments you have to uh yeah, they have to they have to be sold at some point. You know, they have to, all this experimentation yeah. has to be done at some point. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And it's it, we we got we got a lot of feedback from from our, from our import partners and, and from customers here in the UK just to because we we don't we didn't want to flood the market with you know a new release every month and, yeah. and likewise we didn't want to just bring out one thing and say right that that's all we do. So we're we're trying to. Do a wee bit, sort of halfway between where we've got this core that people know will hopefully get to know, and that's John's come up with a recipe for that that is is phenomenal. Four, four different cast types, but it's we've got enough stock there to really build that. Mm-hmm. And then these these limited releases once a quarter should give people a really different angle on Lockley, whether it is you know heavy sherry or some port or some str yeah. whatever. There's, there's some uh, yeah some tasty stuff coming this year. Now your inaugural release was released at, at, at fifty pound a bottle, which is I think for reasonable, very reasonable for for something like that. Is that kind of the price point you're wanting to be going at moving forward? Yep. Yeah, so the 
our core will be a wee bit lower. We're hoping to, to push that down slightly. Um, the limited releases, so the ones that are similar, if not smaller batch sizes than the inaugural, will will be yeah, around the fifty pound mark as well. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah. we, don't, we don't want. I mean, it's there's no there's no benefit to. I mean, we we didn't want to. Um, we want it to be accessible for people. We don't we don't want yeah. you know fifty fifty pound that from our customers' feedback. Fifty pound is a is a ceiling maybe that we you know, we want to yeah. stay under. Um, and yeah. and we do, we understand you know if people are buying whiskey, there are a lot of good whiskies out there. So we don't we don't want to price ourselves out of yeah. um, the equation there. And um, so right. trying to make I mean, we're 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 a new distillery. We've spent six and a half million building the place. So we need we need to, we need to you know make make that money back. But um, we don't want it to be we want it to be accessible for people, but fair not, not to point where yeah. It's I think there's plenty of people, plenty of people wanting to sell vastly inflated prices <laughs> for, for what they're putting out. Um, now the bottle design, the bottle design, yep. it's a bit unusual. The it's it's um, the I like those embossed bottles. I really do. There's been a couple of releases recently that I thought were really 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 nice and very tactile, which is very important. So how did you come about with the bottle design, or what does it reflect, or whatever? So the the bottle the the glass. I mean, we could have we could have saved ourselves a fair amount of time and and headaches by by picking a stock bottle and then going with it. Uh, but actually, the 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 brand long term, we we wanted again to differentiate ourselves on a shelf and and on a back bar or whatever. And so we we designed this through linking it back to the farm. So actually, if you see on the on the glass itself. There's the the tire tracks that you would see, um, you know, it, when you go around the site, that's that's what you'll see on the ground, <laughs> and so they're embossed into the glass along with our, our name, and it's a it is a kind of decanter style bottle. It's not your it's not your traditional um, traditional red whiskey bottle, and um, so yeah, it, it's the, the whole idea behind that is that it differentiates us in terms of packaging. Obviously, the liquid is the most important thing of by far, but and um, if people get to know that bottle, because that's that's what Lockley will always be in, then then great. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually quite a, it's quite a neat. But you'll see, you know, hopefully when you get back home, but it's quite, it, it looks quite neat, almost to the point where people think it might be a fifty sale, but it's very much, um, very much seventy. It's just uh, because of the, this kind of square round design. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous square round, but it's, it's rounded edges on a on a square bottle. So. It, now, it looks quite. One another thing I need to touch on: tourism's a big whiskey tourism. Are you open for tourism, or will you be open for tourism? Is that something going forward? So not not right now. Um, I mean, you're right. Tourism, especially in the area that we're in, there aren't any other distilleries. So so we mm -hmm. we would kind of have a, a bit of a monopoly on anyone that there's half a million people come to Ayrshire to see Burns Place, Burns Birthplace, and the museum and everything. And we've got three, Ayrshire's the only place in the world that has three championship golf courses within <laughs> half an hour's drive. People, especially from, from the States and from, um, from Asia coming over is, is, is incredible. But right now, our priority is just on, on the whiskey. And we don't, although we've taken people, customers and you know, people around, we don't have a visitor centre or a shop or anything like that. Yeah. 
we don't you know, we don't even sell ourselves online. We're all we're going through the retail and the import partners that we want to work with long term to help grow the brand. No. Well, I think your initial launch has been superb. Um, I, th I think you've got loads of stuff going for you. The fact that the team you've got together, your product design, where you are, the backstory, what's not the like. Now, uh, I haven't had a chance to taste elected yet, but that'll be rectified when I, when I get home. Okay, I'll be rectified when I'm home. <laughs> David, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, I will hopefully talk again soon. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Martin.